Good day to everyone and welcome to today's episode of Bulatlatan. Bulatlatan is a media literacy campaign of Bulatlat. In every episode, we go straight to our sources to find the truth, clarify people's stand on issues, and help fight disinformation and false narratives, especially now as we confront the dreaded COVID-19 pandemic. For our past episodes, you can access them on our Facebook, YouTube, Anchor.fm, and Spotify accounts. Today, we have with us two guests. First, ang ating suke. <laughs> At uh, araw-araw itong nasa, uh, araw-araw itong may webinar. So, sabi ko nga na master na niya ang The Art of Webinar. At dahil sukong-suko siya sa lahat, we have with us Dr. Julie Cagillas of the Community Medicine and Development Foundation and also with Coalition for People's Right to Health. Magandang araw, Doc. Good morning. Magandang umaga. Hi, <laughs> Janet. And of course, straight from the Big Apple, all the way from New wow. York, we have Miss yeah. Melanie Bulfo of the National Alliance for Filipino Concerns and also the administrator of a community health center in New York. Magandang okay. araw po sa inyo. Magandang araw. Magandang gabi. Magandang gabi. Magandang gabi. Ay, Melanie. Maraming salamat. Thank you for uh, inviting me here and giving me the opportunity to be able to yes. ano, be part of this uh, panel. Uh-oh. Straight so, from the uh, epicenter. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 yan. Dalawang epicenter. Ng <laughs> <ko>. US. Correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> ng US. Yes, New York, di ba? So, ayun na nga. So, hindi naman lingid sa ating kaalaman, no, that the Philippine health system is really greatly patterned after the US. And mm-hmm. now that we are all confronting, na maraming bansa, hindi lang naman Philippines and US, but uh, as we now confront the COVID-19, it's high time that we look into this experience and what it has revealed for the hmm. public health system of both countries. So, um, Dr. Julie, no, sa inyo po muna siguro, um, gaano, baka, ano, gaano baka similar yung health system nitong uh, dalawang bansa na to? And what are the policies that U.S. pushed uh-uh. in regards to the Philippine uh, healthcare? Uh-huh. Actually, yung healthcare system naman ng U.S. at saka ng Philippines, very tied na siya. No? Actually, kung titingnan natin miski after World War II sa history ng ano and the fact na nung 1960s no late 1960s kung titingnan niyo yung uh, migration ng mga Filipino health workers doctor nurses sa US diyan na nagsimula yan eh at saka nakabasa nga ako ng article very relevant article na kung titingnan niyo yung history ng nursing service sa US na isa Diba, ang Filipino community ng nurses, isa sa pinakamalaki na nagbibigay sa vision is isa New York alone, ang mga Filipino nurses, yan talaga yung nag, ano rin, yung agaw buhay na pagsaservisyo nila. Sila yung mga naging anak na, apo na, nung mga nag-migrate sa US noong 1960s. And considering na yung, uh, sabi nga, sabi ko nga, ano ba to i-describe yung uh, healthcare system ng US at kapareho dahil ginaya rin naman ng, ng Philippines, no? Unang-una sa termino pa lang, no? yung, yung National Institutes of Health, yung ano nang, uh, tapos sabi nga namin kung sa system talaga, two-tiered talaga siya. So it's a mixture of uh, public and private, pero unfortunately, mas talagang namamayani yung private na, na hand dun sa pagpapatakbo. And the fact na yun yung inaano nila na uh, nananagana, ganun. Yun rin yung naging... Uh, Uh, and, and very fragmented. So sabi nga namin kung sa kung titingnan natin ano and uh, although the US has one of the most expensive uh, healthcare system sa buong mundo, no? 
yung Pilipinas naman din, as much as they try na kunyari, seemingly, uh, hindi naman din talaga tumataas yung health expenditure. Ang nangyayari sa Pilipinas, dahil tayo ay uh, ibang-iba naman yung economic capacity ng ating bansa sa ano, ang lumalabas, ang mas nag-shoulder ng gastos sa Pilipinas, yung out of pocket ng mga Pilipino. Well, ganun din naman sa US. At yung may mga moves na mas taasan yung spending ng government sa US ay talagang uh, um, pinipigilan. Especially nung mga government tulad ng kay Trump na alam naman natin eh uh, very conservative. So, yun siguro yung sa basic na pagkakapareho niya, yung malakas na character ng public-private no, na na pagtutuwang or pagpa-partner. Pero yun nga, alam naman natin, very commercialized, very doctor-centered, and yun, maano talaga na mahirap i-access or uh, maraming mga mamamayan yung talagang um, disadvantage sa pag-access. So yun siguro yung very basic uh, comparison or parang pagkakapareho. Hmm. Uh, so thank you for that, Doctor Kagat. Uh, I think um, I agree na in some ways the failures of both ng Philippine uh, and U.S. healthcare systems is really passing after yung model na ginagamit nila, which is um, in essence not uh, uh, pro people, right? It's not hindi niya pinagsisilbihan ng interes ng ng bayan. That's that's really yung yung I think yung essence na naririnig ko kay Doctor Kagat and uh, Siguro to describe that. Um, so, kung ang Pilipinas nun, historically, uh, the the way that the healthcare system was formed was very tied to the um, being an American colonial project. No? So, kung ano man ang healthcare system na parang binubuo nun, um, hindi it it was meant to be uh, uh, to protect um, the benefit of U.S. troops um, and aligned with yung prevailing thinking na sinisivilize nila ang natives. Um, rather than like serving yung yung uh, interest ng communities in, in the Philippines, and in in the same sense, um, ang US uh, na very tied in sa ano niya, sa, sa type ng uh, economic system niya um, that it's profit oriented. So, lahat ng players and stakeholders sa US system, tulad ng diniskar ni Dr. Kaget, are acting independently or in a very fragmented manner. So makikita mo siya in different ways, katulad ng response ng federal government to the states, um, to state governments asking for help around like coordinated response sa PPE. So bawat state ngayon dito sa US, may sarili-sarili silang healthcare system, may sarili-sarili silang set of insurance companies na siyang parang third payer mo, siya yung middleman mo sa pagitan ng public na kumukuha ng insurance um, uh, ng insurance na to para sila magbabayad ng healthcare system, ng healthcare ng mga um, uh, patients, no? At um, may sarili-sarili silang set ng hospital, health departments um, at ang bawat state will decide anong klaseng benefits, public health benefits, ang siyang itataguyod nila sa estado na yun. So mismo yung institutional pa lang na yun, tapos kung idadagdag mo pa yung yung uh, big pharma at yung um you know yung suppliers, yung medical supplies mo um uh, yung fragmentation ng US comes from the fact na um hindi sustainable ang isang uh, I guess coordinated um logical response um 
to answer something na as overwhelming as COVID. Hindi, alam na nila, parang alam na nila na mangyayari to, pero hindi sila, um, hindi nila makoordinate ang sarili nila in order to respond to it. Dahil nga, um, dahil nga sa fragmentation um, na based on this, parang, you know, bahala kayo, kanya-kanya tayong, uh, uh, you know, parang uh, uh, model of like being able to uh, sustain It's also interesting to note no, that the U.S. is uh, possibly one, if not the only country, mm-hmm. na developed country that runs on uh, for-profit uh, health insurance no? and instead of providing universal health care to its people. So, kaya naman much like uh, in the Philippines, I think that In 2019, there was a study and uh, we learned that a third about, about a third of the U.S. adults cannot afford uh, their health care and about 44% would skip doctor's appointment because of the cost. Kasi nga, tulad na sinabi ninyo pareho, fragmented, napakamahal, at uh, walang uh, talagang direct services no, na naibibigay. And uh, it sounds really familiar dahil halos ito yung halos araw-araw din na nababanggit sa mga webinars here and there uh, whenever talking about doon sa uh, situation ngayon sa Pilipinas. So, um, Miss Melanie, um, bakit sa particular, nabakol doon nabanggit nyo na, no? so, hmm. pero uh, just to reiterate, why do you think um, uh, is the U.S. apparently failing to curb the spread uh, of the virus uh, to Why is it na I think more than 1.5 million na yung um, affected na as of yesterday no I think about 1.5 million na ang affected uh, sa US and of course you are in the pandemic in the epicenter of the pandemic sa US you're in New York so kamusta yung um, nangyayari diyan ngayon uh, so I think um funnily enough I think na um ang ang the fact na epicenter ang New York City actually really forced um, New York and New York uh, New York City and New York State in, uh, to to be able to parang confront pa yung um, issues that we're facing uh, in terms of like the coronavirus uh, I I think tying it back dun sa earlier idea of the fragmentation so parang um, the the failure marami kasing op-ed actually na lumabas na about like yung failure ng US uh, public health care system in being able to address COVID-19 so yung kawalan ng uh, coordination um, at yung response ng leaders katulad ni Trump um, na siyang uh, hinayaan ng mga states in terms of being able to obtain their own Uh, supplies um, really set up particular states to fail. Ang nakakalungkot dito is I don't think na ano na uh, we don't see it as New York is going to stay the epicenter. Um, nung una ang Seattle ang ang malala, tapos nagshift siya to New York. At ang expectation, ang full expectation is maglilipat ang 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 pagiging epicenter sa iba't ibang mga states. Dahil um, sa kakulungan ng response ng gobyernong ito. So kung iisipin mo na lang na ano na na um, may isang kwento na na uh, lumabas sa news article na yung isang state na to yung sariling gobyerno <laughs> na state government na to nag-smuggle siya ng protective um, equipment mula abroad through the US in order to be able to supply protective equipment to their 
healthcare workers kasi natakot sila na um ICCs ng federal government yung protective equipment na dinadala, na dinadala nila so yung makikita mo yung yung ganyang kwento ba lang mula sa um uh, so another example noon is sa tahi hindi naman um rinirudyok kasi noon yung timeline sort of ng response ng government uh, ng US government um, mula sa failure to deploy um kunari sabihin natin yung um uh, the the act that allows them to the defense production act yun yun yung tinatawag nila noon na allows them to um, push like um, manufacturing in order to respond to what is currently happening right now sa ano sa public health crisis from that to um, insisting that the states ay may mayroon silang sufficient na PPE or ventilators mm-hmm. at the, or mass testing at hindi lang nila ginagamit to the fact na wala walang information na na na, na, na coordinate um, it uh, yung uh, the administration that is unwilling to intervene combined with a profit-oriented healthcare system where everyone is required to be self-sustaining mula pa sa isang parang op-ed article na na uh, review ko nun, means na sumabog talaga ang ang US in terms of yung ability niya to respond to the, to this um, virus you know kahit nga yung yung idea na yun na uh, the the government is begging you know big pharma at yung private companies in in order to join in the response so meron ka yung mga ospital na um to, may sinabi si Dr. Kagiat na meron kang two tier system around the the hospital uh, private hospitals versus public hospitals um this is, you know, I, I think this is true because everyone sees each other as like competition in terms of like um, profit. Um, hindi ka, hindi, hindi, hindi ka, hindi mo ma-coordinate kung ano man yung response na pwede mong gawin in a given territory or area. Um, so, I think na um, for all of those reasons, um, we're failing um, in being able to curb the spread of the virus. Um, you know, isipin mo na lang yung um, iba't-ibang um, policies that were being put in place around shelter in place or yung stay-at-home orders. You know, I think sa Pilipinas yata, ang konteksto nito is that it's a militarization process. Hindi siya, um, hindi siya medical response. It's not a public health response. It's it's to control the population. Um, dito sa US, uh, stay-at-home, um, there is an aspect of a public health response in it, pero Ang, ang issue mo pare is coming back to the fact na um, yung yung uh, fear na oh, magfe-fail lang market kapag hindi pag, pag hindi natin i-open ang economy at ang opening the economy means na um, mawawala yung mga bagay tulad ng expanded sick leave meron lang yata may nabasa pa ako na only 10 states out of the 40 50 states ng US ang nagbigay ng expanded sick leave para sa mga workers. So, ang ibig sabihin nito, ang essential workforce mo, um, na siyang mahirap, na siyang uh, people of color, mga Blacks, Latinos, and Asians, mga immigrants, uh, sila ang nagbe-bear ng burden at ng risk in, in, in this COVID response. At makikita mo siya kahit dito sa New York City, the epicenter, the, the epicenter of the epicenter of the epicenter is this um, neighborhood sa Queens, kung saan ako nakatira, called Jackson Heights, Corona, Elmhurst, itong magkaka- at saka Woodside. So lahat tong mga uh, neighborhoods na to na magkakatabi, pul- pulo sila mga immigrants, pulo sila mga um, Latino, Asian immigrants um, na are essential workforce. At 
maano sila um, uh, ilang tao sa isang maliit na bahay it spread talagang napakabilis ng spread niya so yung yung the only hospital na nandito sa area na to Elmhurst Hospital um na overwhelm siya really quickly um at it's a parang yun it's a, it's a good example ng um ang ang napaka yaman ng US pero um ang response niya is so uh so so bad it's na na ang at ang atang mo nang nagbabayad eh ang mga <laughs> ang may hirap dito sa US sa US ah uh, speaking malinit na nababanggit yung term na fragmented no na um, response when it comes to the uh, covid-19 i think both for yung nabanggit din ni Melanie and also Doc Julie so Doc Julie, meron din tayong parang ganyan din na share no na story of yung fragmented na uh, pag-respond dito sa COVID-19 and of course halim yung nga yung isang example nito of course yung devolution ng ating health services na talagang itinulak din ng US government sa atin in the early 90s yeah. early or mid 90s ata if I'm not mistaken so doc um paano ito nakakaapekto doon sa katulad ng kinikwento rin ni Melanie da yung mga immigrants doon, yung mga mahihirap, talagang hirap na hirap sila sa access nila sa healthcare. So, papaano po ito, uh, ganito rin ba yung uh, situation dito sa Pilipinas? Uh, how did it, how did the devolution affect uh, the people's uh, or the poor's access to healthcare? Oo. Sige. Lamat, no? So, uh, yung nasabi na ni Melanie, actually, sabi ko nga, papaano ba natin na titingnan din yung 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 ganung problema ng devolution kasi ang panawagan din namin actually sa Coalition for People's Right to Health is a coordinated unified uh, um, parang uh, command no from the national down to the local kasi nga public health emergency to so pero kung titingnan mo rin kasi naman dito sa Pilipinas yung mga pag-aaral na natin, yung the experiences we had previously with uh, other infectious diseases tulad ng SARS has opened up protocols that should be followed whenever may makakalat nga ng mga, mga ganto ulit. So, ito na yung pandemic. So, kung titingnan mo from the Department of Health itself, no, if you look at the protocols that will guide them on how to prepare and everything, preparing the ano preparing uh, in terms of sa hospitals yung community should have been done when the virus was still wala pa sa Philippines no and yet nung nakita nga namin kung na-notice nyo nung immediately nang notice nyo na natin no na immediately nung February tapos nung March nung tumataas na yung cases um yung mga LGUs lalo na dito sa National Capital Region yung local government units uh, dahil maraming directives na pinabababa na sa kanila, so they have to follow. But then again, when you talk at the people, uh, to the people sa, sa ground, they will tell you na ang dami-daming directives, but then yung support system, wala. So ang mga local governments, they had to ano, make way. So yung iba, nagde-declare sila ng calamity in order to mobilize the calamity fund. So sabi nga namin, kawawa kasi not all the different uh, local government units have different ano capacities. And that is what happened. So may kanya-kanya we we see ano news na there are LGUs that are doing well but then there are LGUs that are not really doing well. So sabi nga namin, if the government really had the ano 
they know the pitfalls of devolution. Eh. Devolution has been with us since 1991. So our healthcare system, among the ano, the, the the units or the ano that was devolved, is the the health system. So they already know. They have a good paper on the pitfalls of devolution, and yet during these times na yung response would necessitate a very coordinated response, yun yung hindi nila hinaharap. And up to now, yun pa rin yung problem. So sinasabi nga namin, when you capacitate the local government units, hindi lang yan ano eh, uh, oh, we, we sent guidelines, we sent eh, this. It's a matter of looking at the peculiar, uh, yung difficulties and peculiarities of specific LGUs and then uh, helping them out, no? Logistically, in terms of ano, lahat, manpower, uh, budget especially, lalong-lalo na for governments, that, uh, local government units, na talagang um, devolution has really failed no? because they cannot uh, generate enough ano, funds to support yung health ano, nila system. So yan yun, uh, ang dami kasi kung makikinig lang, no? yun yung what, what we are telling the, ano, the national, uh, yung meron tayong IATF and everything, please listen. Listen to the, the people in the ground. No? Hindi yan matter of... But I think siguro because of the delayed response, parang nagka-catch up na lang sila lagi. Eh. So it becomes, imbis na proactive yung response, nagiging reactive na lang. Especially yung bruhaha that's been happening since a few days ago, na mismo-miski yung reporting no? ng uh, data on where we are, first wave, second wave, nagkakagulo pa sila. So nagre-reflect talaga yan kung gano'n talaga ka, yun nga, yung sinasabi natin, yung fragmented na system, eh, miski sa information, talagang hindi nila ma, ano, ma, ma-consolidate ka agad. So, yun yung siguro, sin, ano, for us, yung problems talaga ng devolution. Kaya nga ako, Doc, ano eh, naka-wavy hair ako ngayon, kung di mo napapansin bilang uh, protesta sa, <laughs> sa, kaya lang ba talaga natapos yung first wave tsaka second wave? Kaya kanina habang oh, yung wave ko, naaaral ko, saan ba talaga natatapos? Kasi uh, yung problema nga, dahil yung problema doon, di ba, yung isang study nga ng UP, yung hindi hindi klaro yung datos at uh, may mga ilang mga although sasabihin nila maliit lang naman pero meron eh merong mga datos na naminis out. Yes. Sasabihin nila oh. science based dapat dapat uh-huh. science based dapat talagang very accurate talaga yung datos natin. So uh, going back no <laughs> going back. Oo <laughs> so, uh, both countries <laughs> na distract tayo dito. So for both countries um there is ano eh parang favor din for uh, insurance-based na health system. So, paano itong, uh, for both US and the Philippines, paano ito naka-apekto sa ating uh, COVID-19 response? Ako ba muna o si Melissa muna? Sige Ako po, Doc. Unahin ko. Oh, sige po. Oh, um, yung financing system kasi ng Philippines, no? Since 1995, Uh, nagkaroon ng, although yun nga, sabi ko nga yung minimension natin na ano ba yung mga policy, policy shifts na nangyari sa atin since the 1980s, 1990s, ano, which is partly or mostly dictated also by the World Bank. Kasi nga, ang, saan ba tayo umutang? Saan tayo malaki? So, mm-hmm. kung saan ka umuutang kasi, syempre ang mag-dictate ng policy ng payment, sila. So we we had those structural adjustment programs, mm-hmm. and we then we entered some trade agreements. Na 
uh, affected din yung health system as a whole. So, kaya nga yung devolution, yung privatization came from there. And then we have this social health insurance program. Social health insurance program, as we see it, is actually just financing yung na financing siya which is tied up with the uh, uh, issue of yung public-private partnership. Kasi you have yung government natin ngayon is parang naipit na lang talaga siya into a purchaser of health services that is mostly delivered by the public uh, the private sector. So yun. And then you have to ensure that para mabayaran. So sabi nga namin, meron ka ng taxes, then you have additional premiums being paid by the people uh, through this health insurance program. Pero kung tutuusin na, we had a critic already that we published years ago when it was still starting the social health insurance program was starting in 1995 now it will be a double a type of double actually triple taxation that will be burdensome for the filipino people and also not a progressive system kasi syempre we are already anybody any filipino you just can say that those who are all are all only working are paying the taxes every filipino when they buy goods and everything, they are paying taxes already. So, where is the money going? So, we expect taxes to come back to us. And yet, ito na yung social health insurance program in the guise of uh, risk protection for the marginalized uh, Filipinos. But then, when you look at it, most of the funding also comes from paying Filipinos. So, ang nangyayari dyan, nag-aaway-aaway na yung o oh, bakit kami, nagbabayad kami ng uh, premium tax to, to support the poor. So may mga ganun na lumalabas pangit. When in fact, it is just government reneging on its duty to fund fully for the healthcare of the Filipinos. So sino ba talaga dapat yung nag-shoulder uh, ano, niyan? So ang gobyerno. But then they spin out these stories na government services are inefficient so we have to privatize. So what do we see? Uh, PhilHealth is being reimbursed by majority the pub, the private ano, uh, service providers. So yun yun. And then it directs us to a service that is very curative-oriented. Kaya sa titingnan mo, miski dito sa COVID response, ang nangyari dyan, mas ang inasikahaso ka agad nila yung curative, ano, yung hospitals. But the bulk of the public health measures is really in the communities where the preventive aspect should be. So, yun yung nangyari. It was really dictated by the market forces. So, saan ba mas ano yan? So, and then we see the, uh, what Melissa was mentioning, ang problem natin nung, when we were still clamoring na dapat may mga COVID hospitals. Not all the hospitals should have, ano, para yung non-COVID patients will have an equal chance to get treated. Ano ka agad, nagsalita ka agad ang ano, do, it shows how you how government cannot regulate the private sector. Nagsabi ka agad yung mga private hospitals na, sige, the government will take care of the COVID patients. Let uh, We will just take care of the non-COVID patients yung coming from the public hospitals. And yet, pag sila yung gumamot nun, PhilHealth will pay for them. So, kukikita pa rin sila. So, makikita mo yung mindset talaga of how our healthcare system is really dictated by a financing system that is really not progressive and will not really benefit the majority of the Filipino population. In, in fact, mas, kumbaga, paano mo dinidescribe yan, mas parang um, talagang pinipiga ka, dugo, no? yung pinipiga na talaga yung katawan mo and everything, blood and sweat talaga yung ilalabas sa'yo 
tapos and reflected yan by the big out of pocket expenses we have which is almost 50 plus percent to 60 percent ng healthcare spending in the Philippines is out of pocket so yan yung mga signs and uh, how it's reflected sige so yun po I think for as long as na, na nung, nung lumipat na ako ng dito, insurance-based na talaga yung sistema. And in fact, actually, there was a certain point in time na, you know, um, the tutulad ng description ni Dr. Kagiyat sa um, lack of access, uh, I experienced that myself. Yung, yung uh, insurance companies dito don't really allow um, for people na walang trabaho, o kunwari estudyante ka, hindi, hindi mo ma-access ang health insurance nun at, that, uh, at a certain point in time bago, bago in-enact ang Affordable Care Act kung saan in-expand ang access to health insurance para may access to health care in general. Um, pero it suffered the same problems na um, you know, kahit may federal um, legislation no, na nag-impact sa um, health care system ng U.S., um, may, may sarili-sariling response yung mga states that, uh, you know, took up the call to be able to expand yung healthcare access versus yung ibang mga states. So, depende dun sa, ano, sa parang state kung ano yung magiging uh, response nila. Kunwari sa New York City or sa New York State, um, gumawa sila ng sarili na ng um, healthcare system kung saan or uh, uh, market uh, system para ma makabili ka ng insurance o makakuha, ma-enroll ng insurance versus sa New Jersey na nag-rely dun sa federal system. So, um, yung access na to by health insurance uh, then determined kung ano yung klaseng access ang meron ka. Nung, um, nung bago akong immigrant ng tito tapos wala akong trabaho nun at nag-aaral pa lang ako nun, um, I forgo, I, I had to forgo insurance and I had to forgo na um, to see doctors. It was, <laughs> nung napilitan lang ako talaga nun, that's when I found out na actually, meron palang isang shadow safety net ang US that doesn't really require na may insurance ka. So, this is what they call the community health center na um, yung system na to um, kung saan dinidesignate yung isang um, clinic or organization na community health center, makaka-receive ka ng funds para makakita ka ng patients who don't have health insurance. So kasama na dito ang mga tao na undocumented um, migrants. Uh, pero this type of system is also in and itself uh, apart from the parang main healthcare system. Um, and it also has uh, fragmentation in a sense na um, mga private um, uh, community organizations ang nagki-carry out ng what is supposed to be the state's duty in providing healthcare, right? So, meron ka mga non-profit organization na um, uh, by their own uh, are reaching out to their own communities in order to be able to provide care na hindi necessarily accessible for a variety of reasons. Kung lack of insurance man to, um, fear of being able to access uh, the healthcare system kasi nga napaka-hostile niya or um, lack of parang cultural competency ang tinatawag namin. Um, so, the, the insurance system, um, tulad ng na-share kanina ni Dr. Kagyat, has dictated um, 
you know, the payor, the, the kung sino yung nagbabayad has dictated the access, kumbaga. Um, and, uh, you know, yung parang tagpi-tagpi na, ano na lang na, na uh, kanya-kanyang parang response ng either bawat uh, municipality or, or, or even, you know, um, civic, civil society organizations ang, ang parang nag, nagiging bad aid um, in order to uh, address yung gaps na, na naiiwan sa, uh, sa healthcare system para sa para sa uh, communities namin. And, and a really good example of this is that um, yung uh, healthcare uh, organization where I work, um, makakakita kami ng maraming undocumented immigrants na, you know, won't go to the doctor kasi hindi <laughs> nila ma-afford. Pero kung nagiging malala na sila, mas nagiging mahal siya it gets more expensive kasi napupunta sila sa emergency room. At doon sila nagiging uh, nagkakaroon ng healthcare. So, na hindi naman dapat. Dahil katulad nga na sinabi kanina ni Dr. Kagyat, ang, ang bulk talaga ng public health um, in order to be able to be cost efficient is nasa prevention you know, side, not treatment side. And unfortunately, um, hindi, hindi, siya, uh, hindi siya ganun ngayon. Um, follow-up question lang po, Ms. Melanie. Uh, ano pong nangyari sa Obamacare? Kasi ito apparently sinisisi ni Donald Trump sa nangyayari ngayon sa US. Um, enacted pa rin siya. Pero yung, yung ginawa lang naman talaga ng Obamacare, essentially, is na um, inalaw niya yung um, all of the states to be able to set up a way to enroll for health insurance and expand um, health insurance para sa lahat, including Medicaid, which is yung public health insurance na libre. No? Pero... Um, uh, I think ang nangyari kasi dito is that uh, Trump has been stripping yung um, Affordable Care Act parang provisions niya. So katulad nung isang nabasa kong timeline, may isang fund na dini fund that was meant to pa, um, uh, parang sagutin yung um, uh, pandemic uh, you know, response. So um, you know, medyo political siya. Si Trump has been like blaming everyone else but himself in terms of in terms of the failures of the COVID crisis. Um, when in fact, actually, he, he his administration has stripped yung parang capacity ng gobyerno na to, to be able to respond to the pandemic. You know. Dasa na banggit po niyo pareho Doc Julie and Miss Melanie ano yung pagiging yung nasa hospital oriented no ang ating ang it seems parehong uh, hospital oriented yung mga service yung healthcare services nung for both US and the Philippines bakit po kaya naging uh, bakit ay humantong sa ganoong klase ng uh, orientation pagdating sa public healthcare yung pagiging uh, it seems no pagiging uh, hospital oriented or na the curative side more than doon sa i think this is one of the advocacies also of Dr. Julie yung tinatawag na community based healthcare or yung also preventive na type ng healthcare system do Siguro sa Philippines, well, uh, as kanina pa natin pinag-uusapan, no, pattern talaga tayo sa US system eh. Miski yung from the textbooks, no, to the ano, sa usapin ng uh, health education, um, yung, yung ano sa'yo, yung development sa'yo kasi is pat, geared talaga, uh, geared towards ano, and even dun sa time spent sa school, majority of the medical schools, yung orientation talaga is for hospital practice. So, clinical practice. At syempre, yung ano, 
kasama rin dyan yung costs involved. So, if uh, mahal yung med school mo, if you are in a private school, then you have to, you know, ibalik mo yung investment mo rin dyan. So, ganun yun. Naghahalo-halo na dyan. And then, syempre, uh, um, so, yan yung parang pushing factor talaga. Bakit siya hospital center. Tapos yun nga, sinasabi nga natin na kung commercialized ano yan, saan ka ba mas kikita? Hindi naman sa preventive eh. Doon ka kikita sa mas curative na aspeto ng healthcare services. And it doesn't help that, of course, para sa amin, no, among doctors din, yung, yung majority rin or when you look at role modeling, ang makikita mo talaga, people who will talk to you about, oy, ang ganda ng practice niya, ganun. And when you talk about community medicine, which are Anong, anong, anong specialization yan? Hindi mo yan naririnig. Ngayon na lang, siguro from the time I was a medical student, way, way back, up to now, ang advantage lang ngayon is medyo may, may, ano na, mara, may promotion work na rin. At saka parang mas kilala na rin yung need for services sa community. Although not really that ano pa, ganun ka, ka well uh, promoted siya or well accepted. Pero meron na. May mga ganun na na effort. So, bakit siya nagigita nga namin, as I explained earlier, na pag-curative, yung response mo talaga, mas i-dictate nung gano'n na, na principle mo kung papan, ano yung policy at yung paano mo tinitingan. So, yun yung problem. So, gano'n yun sa Philippines. So, siguro yun nga, madali lang na we patterned it after the US. So, yun lang. Very simple na um, yun, lagi naman natin sinasabi um, laging mas important mas important pa rin yung yung preventive care pero that's not being ano uh, being prioritized here piski sa budgeting and everything under universal healthcare law well sinasabi nila but then again nakikita namin yung basic law doon is still patterned after the the very ano ng uh, social health insurance program which is leaning on private public partnership so parang ganun pa rin tama prop ano pa rin eh, profit, no? Over people pa rin. So, yun. Ah, Ms. Melanie? Uh, so, I think, uh, maybe, ano na lang, um, pa parang makakapagsalita ako from the perspective ng, uh, so, yung organization that I work for, um, in terms of, like, sort of, uh, my, day, my day job, uh, tinatawag siya na, ano na, isang community health center, no? Um, and actually, kahit yung itong community health center na to, nanggaling pa rin siya dun sa um, para pakikibaka ng mga tao for, you know, for, for um, things like uh, proper healthcare. <laughs> uh, so yung healthcare system ng uh, uh, US, uh, even, even itong idea na to na meron kaming community-based or community uh, federally qualified health centers or, or community health centers, um, nanggaling din siya noon nung um, civil rights era dito sa US na no, pinaglaban ng, um, ng mga tao yung uh, ability to be able to access healthcare sa mga neighborhood health centers na to. Uh, so, hindi siya, ano, uh, hindi siya accidental. No? Hindi siya parang um, nag umusbong na lang isang araw dahil sa uh, you know, out of the kindness of the hearts of like um, our at, ano, no, of, uh, government officials, uh, kahit ito nagmula to dun sa uh, pagtublak na mga tao na kailangan may ma-access ang um, uh, communities that are medically underserved or poor communities. 
Um, in fact, I think um, ang naalala ko briefly from the history that I remember ng FQHCs is um, may, dahil dito sa US may racial component ang ano ang uh, ang uh, you know uh, poverty and wealth um, redistribution or wealth access or or wealth accumulation. Um, it, na, na ano na uh, com black communities uh, taking care of themselves no sa South South uh, Africa tapos din nila yung konsepto dito sa sa US no nung 1965 um at doon lang talaga nagkaroon ng uh, you know parang concept uh, na to of a community health center uh, pero otherwise noon um tulad ng sinishare ni Dr. Kagyat noon you know kung ang ang uh, ano mo na ang starting framework mo na is uh uh, profit oriented um, and hindi naman hindi naman magandang business model ang ano ang ang makaka create ka ng system that is efficient uh, then ito yung labas ng uh, kinalabasan natin so i think one of the parang examples that i read from another um, article noon was that uh, developing uh, developing a uh, sort sort of a cheaper vaccine for fifty one dollars, pero hindi na nila hindi na nila tututuloy kasi there is no profit in, in developing this like cheaper vaccine, you know, for one for another uh, disease that that the article had mentioned in in terms of like describing kung ano yung failure ng ng U.S. healthcare system. I I think for both accounts, no, yung uh, usapin din yung uh, yung failure for both governments to see really healthcare as a, as a basic human right na kailangan na, na ipoprovide as part of their guarantees no to the to the people so yun na nga no so pagka talagang business ang mauuna ganyan talaga yung mangyayari sa healthcare system at matatrap tayo doon sa uh, isang profit oriented na public healthcare na hindi naman na-access ng maraming ng maraming Pilipino lalo na yung mahirap and uh, so sabi nila, oh, stateside, no? Nagayahin natin. But sabi nga namin sa teaser for this video, is stateside, the safe side. Kasi uh, it seems even for dun sa pinaggayahan natin or uh, where we patterned our health system, it's really also not working for them. So paano pa for countries uh, with smaller economies uh, like the Philippines, di ba? Paano pa tayo uh, makaka ahon sa ano makakaahon sa Yurak. So, um doon lang po sa uh, panghuling katanungan ko po sa inyo is uh, what should be the new normal? Kasi marami na tayong napag-usapan at uh, hindi of course hindi lang ito napakaraming mga webinars here and there. Sabi ko si Doc Julie araw-araw 'yan eh. So, uh, marami na tayong napag-usapan, may mga new normal. Ano po ba yung mga uh, nakikita niyo lessons? Na, na dapat natin pang i-push. And when we say, ako, bukod din kasi sa lessons, eh, kailangan din uh, makita natin siya na parang ano ba yung uh, way na talagang uh, magkakaroon siya ng impact talaga sa health system ng ating bansa post-COVID-19. I don't know if it's too early to talk about the new normal dahil nasa second wave di umano pa lang ang Pilipinas <laughs> at uh, hindi pa naman nakakalagpas ng, second, ng uh, first wave din ng US. At uh, pero but pero still no um nabubuksan kasi eh, parang na-reset tayo lahat eh nabuksan yung maraming mga issues na kailangan natin ulit uh, i-revisit particularly of course for health system. So sino po mauna si eh, siguro si Miss Melanie muna. Ano po yung sa tingin mong uh, lessons 
for the US healthcare. Bilang kayo yung pinaggayahan namin. So kayo muna daw ang ano. Baka gayahin din namin yung <laughs> baka gayahin din namin yung ano nyo, yung gagawin yung uh, lessons learned no from this COVID-19. Basta okay, pwede namang gayahin eh, di ba? Uh, I I think uh, that's something that the the US healthcare system is still struggling with, you know, parang um, it's really depended upon um, it's really depended upon um, a market oriented na framework and so i can't kasi matagal na siyang i, I guess um, debate uh, na for instance there should be universal health uh, uh, one payer system in order to eliminate yung um, ano, inequalities or like the the, the differences in, among insurance companies at hindi na siya making um, palakid sa pag-access uh, ng um, healthcare. I think it's going to be parang a steep <laughs> a steep um, uh, kumbaga a steep climb to what is what is supposed to be. Even not a new normal. No? Even it was supposed to be the normal. <laughs> Not even a new normal, just like this is what we were hoping for all along. Now, na mabilis ang access to um, healthcare, uh, that it's rational and it's based on kung ano yung, um, uh, uh, it's based on the, what the, um, what is good for the community rather than um, whether it's sustainable or not sustainable. Um, and to be honest, I'm, I'm not sure na, you know, um, this that the U.S. is going to be able to learn from the lessons of COVID. Um, I think that's the yun yung I guess na nakakatakot na um, I think scenario na tinitingnan namin is that um, I, I I don't know if if there is going to be uh, lessons that they learn. Pero you know the the normal hopefully is that we have coordinated action uh, that people understand the the need to access uh, the easy access to healthcare um, and that a lot of like uh, social determinants um, are need to be paid attention to so yung mga tipong may housing ba yung mga tao because this determines people's health um, may sapat ng pagkain sa neighborhood um, kung kung wala kang um, markets in the neighborhood na affordable that impacts people. Livelihood is gonna be a social determinant na kung, kung walang um, livelihood ng mga tao, hindi rin sila, they can't, you know, um, keep healthy. That's not gonna be the top of their priority. Um, so yun, I think that's um, my sort of grim outlook sa <laughs> sagot sa tanong na to. Um, maybe maybe just to say na, ano, na I think katulad nung, nung panahon na yun that people were pushing for certain um, things to happen and that's why meron tayong ganong um, benefits ngayon. Uh, maybe that's the only way that we would be able to um, create change, no? Is uh, uh, to really uh, see the mobilization ng um, uh, people in, in the US, lalo na yung those who are from coming from you know, working uh, working class communities or poor communities that have been most impacted sa COVID. Doc Julie, ano, sa tingin mo, gagayahin kaya ng Philippine government <laughs> a grim <laughs> uh, na, ano, uh, outlook ni, ano, ni, uh, ni Miss Melanie? Mm. Sa Coalition for People's Right to Health, no? 
yung points ng mga sinabi rin ni Melanie, uh, yung dream outlook, well, ano tayo niyan eh, sanay na tayo dyan, no? 20 years sa trabaho ko, no, sa development work. Uh, parang sasabihin mo na lang, ano ba, may pag-asa pa ba? Na, ano? Pero, yung pasok kasi nitong pandemya ng COVID-19, parang nag-offer kasi siya talaga ng opportunity na hindi lang, actually, sa part ng government, um, ano yan eh, challenge sa kanya to express rin yung, or to show yung kanyang humanity, or not, no? So, ganun na yan eh, parang ito na sana yung pagkakataon na pakita mo yung gilas mo na tutulong ka ba o talagang kikilos ka ba. And dun sa part naman ng mamamayan, ito yung nagbukas din talaga ng oportunidad para sa atin no, sa mga NGO, sa mga nag-organize, sa development work na uh, muli no, ipanawagan, yung matagal na nating pinananawagan. Sa CPRH, yung pinatawag namin na raise the bar. Bakit raise the bar? Kasi gaya ng sinabi ni Melanie nga na uh, nung pumasok tayo sa mga pandemya o kung anumang mga infectious disease, lumalabas kasi yung pangangailangan talaga na lahat tayo pwedeng maapektuhan. Yun yung nakata- nakatakot sa atin. Eh. Mayaman, mahirap, maapektuhan. Ngunit, ang lumabas doon, hindi tayo pare-pareho ng bangka na sinakyan, kasi sinasakyan. Kasi iba-iba nga yung pinanggalingan natin. So, sinabi nga ni Melanie na yung panawagan para sagutin yung social determinants of health, yung mga salik o yung mga factors na nakikita nating nakaka-apekto sa pangkalusugan na hindi lang pangkalusugang usapin kundi pati yung sa ekonomiya at ano, yan yung tumitingkad ngayon. Lalong-lalo na na sa, dito sa Pilipinas, yung nangyayari sa amelioration program, yung pressure din na kailangan na tayong bumalik sa trabaho. Kasi nga, hirap na hirap na yung mamamayan. So yung sinasabi nga namin raising the bar, ano yan eh, pupunta yan dun sa punto ng policy change, no? Kung sa amin yan, meron na kaming health agenda dati pa na nilako na namin yan, nilako sa iba-ibang mga succeeding presidents. At kasama dyan, yung paningin sa pangkalusugan na hindi lang siya, na hindi siya gawing pangkomersyal na ano, no? isang produkto na ibebenta mo, kundi isang uh, pampublikong ano, ba, uh, isang uh, tinatawag nating public good or public service na dapat sinabing mo nga na kinikilala bilang isang karapatan at sinisigurado ng ating pamahalan na ibibigay sa mga kamayan. So, wow, sabi ko, ang bubulaklak naman itong mga sinasabi ko at sana nga mangyari. Pero syempre, paano mo yan gagawin? Yun yung problema. Sa isang uh, administrasyon o sa mga sunod-sunod na administrasyon na naging bingi at pinipilit pa rin nila yung policy na ito nga, very profit-oriented, uh, inaano, nagiging negosyo yung usapin ng pangkalusugan at ititantali sa kung ano-anong mga uh, ano, no, sinasabi natin na tinatali sa priba, uh, pribado na, na, na inisyatiba. Eh, ang sabi natin eh, kailangan palitan yung ganong pananaw. Pero sino, papano, papano gagawin yan? Kaya kami, malakas yung ano-ano namin na ang kikilos talaga dyan, yung, yung collective na uh, pan, uh, pagkilos at panawagan. So, ang effort din ng CPRH, no? at ako bilang spokesperson din ng Citizens Urgent Response to End COVID o yung Cure COVID, ay uh, develop talaga namin yung yung community organizing, yung community-based approaches at response para yung mamamayan mismo, yung mabibigyan ng ano, 
ng uh, kakayanan na magsalita, magsuri dun sa kanilang kalagayan at paano nila iaangkop sa kanilang kalagayan yung pagtugon dito sa COVID. Kasi hindi ito ngayon lang. No? Tatagal pang COVID. Sabi nga nung iba, miski five years, baka may COVID-19 pa rin tayo. E paano natin yan? Kung, kung nakikita natin na yung mga servisyong uh, pangkalusugan na dapat ginagawa, yung mga health measures na ginagawa, eh hindi na ipapatupad ng maayos. Ang mangyayari dyan, yung burden ng pag-iwas yan, nasa tao. Eh pero yun nga eh, kailangan natin i-ano na, nasa nang magsisigurado ng kalusugan, yung atin pa rin namamahala sa atin. Pero kung kulang yan, hindi pwedeng manahimik lang. Kailangan tayong kumilos. At uh, hindi lang kikilos para sa atin, kundi kailangan i-demand natin yun. So siguro yun yung kombinasyon. No? Sabi nga namin, uh, yung mga experience na naririnig namin sa ground, kunyari, pag na-organize mo yung community, tulad nung kinuwento kahapon dun sa isa naming ano, online din na forum, mga lumad to sa Mindanao, ha? Siyempre, dahil organize sila, may mataas na level na rin sila ng kaalaman, yung pagpasok nung kaalaman tungkol sa COVID, naging madali lang. Hang, at kung sabi nga nung doktor na tumutulong doon, sabi nga niya, pag ako nga yung pumupalok, kasi ito yung mga lumad na naka, ano, sa isang compound doon, sa Haran, sa Davao, sabi nila isang ano, isang uh, sanctuary nila doon, sabi nga, pag ako papasok doon, walang protective equipment, hindi nila ako papapasukin. Kasi ganun kataas na yung level ng kanilang, ano, uh, very empowered sila. So, sabi nga natin, dyan, yung punot dulo pa rin yan, is, uh, sino ba yung ultimate na tinatawag nating stakeholder? Yung mamamayang Pilipino. O nga, sinasabi nila na ang frontliner, ang prevention ng COVID, talagang, mal ano na sa community sa community magsisimula eh di bigyan mo siya ng ka, ano ng lakas at kaalaman uh, yung tamang uh, kakayahan para mapigilan yan pero hindi nila magagawa ng sila lang kailangan yung suporta sa kanila at kung kulang yan kailangan nila yan i-demand so yun siguro uh, maano no ma very grim pero at the same time yung pag-asa san manggagaling di sa atin po yan uh, sa, sa sarili natin, sa ating komunidad at doon sa sama-sama nating pagkilos. Okay? So, yun siguro para sa sa akin. Pwede pang magdagdag lang, sorry. Na, Na-realize okay, ko lang ngayon na ano rin, um, para lang ma, so, so, para lang matay yung kung ano man yung situation dito sa US, I think siguro importante ko rin lang itagtag na hindi ko na nasabi kanina na you know, um, na-mention na ni Dr. Faget kanina na ang, ang US has been uh you know uh recruiting um from the philippines heavily yung um healthcare workers and in fact dito sa new york city is one of the highest concentrations ng healthcare workers um that were trying to work with no mga nurses mga um uh, low, uh mga uh, dialysis techs mga uh, accountants and like uh, hospitals you know it's it's very uh, ano parang broad na ano na the group of people in, in, in terms of healthcare. Um, and I think yung isang uh, part of that grim outlook namin is that we're foreseeing or ina-anticipate namin na similar to ano yung nakikita namin in history. Pag every time nagsasuffer ang U.S. economy or ang U.S. Um, yeah, dito sa New York City, for instance, um, tataas yung pangangailangan to recruit cheaper labor. And, and this is something na... Um, you know, na we're trying to look out for na 
malamang yan, um, the incidence of labor trafficking dito is going to um, you know, continue. Um, kung, kung dati nasa H1B1 visas ang ano ang um, uh, temporary guest workers that are considered cheap and disposable labor, ngayon um, nasa J1 workers na siya. And um, I think there's a there's a national campaign ngayon ng uh, National Alliance for Filipino Concerns on on the J1 workers that um, are supposed to be students pero <laughs> you know ginamit na silang bilang uh, temporary guest workers and, and in fact have been trafficked here in the in the US um, and na, na, it's just uh, heartbreaking because they're like younger people, mga 20-year-olds, 22-year-olds, na ngayon are, are now being trafficked into the U.S., you know. Um, so we're anticipating na um, magiging, um, yeah, ma, ang, ang Filipinos from the from the Philippines are going to be uh, recruited at mapipilitan sila dahil, you know, for, for the sake of obtaining livelihood um, to become father para sa, you know, war in COVID-19. <laughs> Kumbaga. So that's something that we're Trying to anticipate. Agree, no? Talagang uh, yung parehong pinoint out ninyo uh, na talagang while very uh, sad yung ating nakikinitang uh, baka wala silang natutunan sa pandemic na ito, talagang yung hope ay uh, will really lie. Yung hope lies in the, in the people talaga na lalaban. Kasi after all, yung history naman natin pinapakita na hindi yan talaga yung yung tinatamasa nating karapatan sa ngayon hindi yan ibibigay sa iyo ng tao yan na sa iyo na ha thank you ka mm-hmm. hindi ganoon eh talagang binu mm-hmm. ibinunga talaga siya ng uh, mahabang laban and mm-hmm. uh, yung covid-19 while it is uh, our battle now nakikita rin natin na uh, katulad nga ng sinabi ni Melanie and also Dr. Julie konti ano eh tuloy-tuloy pa rin na action continuation na laban for uh, elimination noong uh, vulnerabilities ng mga tao na kinakaharap niya na that makes them really vulnerable dito sa COVID-19 yung kahirapan, kawalan ng trabaho and of course yung katulad din sinabi din ni Melanie kanina na yung yung mga bago ding laban na iaanak nito like yung pag yung possible increase in human trafficking, mm-hmm. uh, labor trafficking so Meron Ma- ding ano ah mga laban din sa false information, di ba? Tinatawag na nga rin tong info, ano, infodemic, no? So at 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 sa panahon ngayon, very crucial yung information, it could potentially save lives. So at uh, maraming laban na iniaanak ng COVID-19, pero yung hope nga ay talagang nananatili ay yung laban pa rin talaga ng mga ngayong Pilipino. So Uh, thank you. Isang oras na po tayong uh, nagkikwentuhan at uh, ako po, kami po sa Bulatla talaga ay uh, nagpapasalamat po sa inyo. Miss Melanie, sana po kayo ay maging regular namin sa Bulatla. <laughs> Tapos si Dr. Julie uh-huh. din po uh, sa inyong kung walang sawang pagpapaunlak na ay, yeah. mga interviews sa ano, Bulatla. No? So, thank you everyone for uh, staying Maraming with salamat. us for the past hour. Uh, this uh this episode is being uh broadcasted uh via uh Facebook, uh YouTube, Anchor and Spotify. So if you want to rewatch this video, uh you can visit Bulatlat's uh, social media accounts and also you can also watch our previous episodes kung saan uh, uh nandito rin po sa mga social media accounts. We encourage you to please please share and subscribe to our uh, Facebook, Twitter and uh YouTube and all our social media accounts. Again, uh, again, thank you po, Ms. Melanie and Dr. Julie. This is Janice Ann Eliao of Bulatlat at magandang araw po sa inyong lahat.